chart your course, part two, this morning. We've had John in between part one and part two, but his blended beautifully with it. In fact, I'm going to quote him here in a minute on something he said that goes great with today's word. Uh, We talked about uh, two weeks ago how his word is the seed for the wisdom that we need. We put the word in, it, it, it's the harvest of putting God's word in your heart is having God's thoughts in your mind. It, I don't know how it happens, scripture says we don't know, have, have to know how it happens. In the parable of the sower, he says you sow it and you can go to sleep, rise, sleep, rise, sleep, night and day. You don't have to know how it works, you know not how, but what you do know is that it works. So get out your Bibles during the week, read the word. Don't depend on Sunday morning to produce or sow into you everything you need. You need some personal attention on the Word, and we always want to encourage you to do that. Uh, Another, just in review, the Word of God was designed to speak to you. It was made for it. It's what it's for. It is God's Word to you. And you hear people say, I just can't hear from God. Look, if you don't hear anything from Him but what you've got right here, you've got to plenty. Right? There's plenty to go off of right here. So 2 Timothy chapter 3. We'll start with, with this. Man, there was a couple of things that jumped out in this verse to me this morning as I was making your notes. You can get the notes off the QR codes in the hallway. If I'm teaching, if John's teaching, you're going to get a blank page. I think, yes, John says take them the old-fashioned way, get out your pen and paper. But if you need notes just to help you get ahead on the scriptures, find the scriptures easier, you can get those. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. But as for you, continue in what, this is Paul talking to Timothy. He says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Now there's a whole lesson right there. Continue in what you've already learned and become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. So you make sure you're following the right thing. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. Y'all, that just jumped out at me today. Ollie, you're holding that baby right now, but right now, When we read these verses, that word of God is going into his ears. And it will affect his life. Those kids in the nursery, when those nursery workers are speaking over your kids and talking to your kids and loving on your kids, from infancy, he didn't say from childhood, he didn't say from the age of accountability, he didn't say from the age of 18, He said from infancy, the word started having an effect already. You've known the Holy Scriptures. Why is this important? He says it. Which are able to make you wise. Let me tell you this. If you don't know the word of God, you will not be wise. You might be intelligent. You might have a lot of knowledge but you will not operate in wisdom. If your children do not know the, not that they have to know the these and thou's, y'all, but if they don't know the principles of God, 
in a way that they can understand them, which is what children's church and preschool class and nursery, that's what they're supposed to be doing is teaching the children the Word of God in a way that they can comprehend it in, the, in their lives. Because it's able to make them wise. For salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. That's why our kids just naturally accept him when they've come up through the... You're teaching as parents. Our teaching here as a church. They just naturally, because they've already got the knowledge from infancy. In fact, to them to hear anything contrary to Jesus being Lord and God reigning raises their eyebrows because all they've heard from home and church is God's word. I don't know, that just stood out for me today and I want to encourage the nursery workers, the preschool class, children's church workers, although most of them are up there working right now, but some of you are on rotation, how important that is. All scripture, verse 16, is God-breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And I love that in righteousness. We've been doing a study on righteousness on Wednesday nights, which has been a blessing to me. But it's not teaching and rebuking and condemnation. It's, it's, it's keeping you on the path of righteousness. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The whole reason I brought you there, even though I wanted to teach about 10 more lessons off that one passage, the Word of God is good for directing, because we're charting our course, right? It's good for directing, but it's also good for course correction. Because it's good for rebuke, it's good for training. It's, I, I know, I, I had someone just recently, and I'm scanning the audience, I don't see her. I had someone just recently tell me, uh, we got off track. We got off track. We're not going to church. I'm not bringing my kid to church. We got off track and I said, track's still there. God didn't take away the track. Track's still there. That's the good news. The track's still there. Just get back on track. And that's what the Word of God will do. It'll get you back on track when we misstep. And I'm telling you, when I typed out the words misstep, God said, misstep is always in direct correlation with misspoke. I was like, what? Our missteps, we talked on part one a lot about steps that God gives us. Our missteps, not stepping where God told us to step, there's always a direct correlation to how you're speaking. Misstep is always in correlation to misspoke. You'll get it more as we go along. Last week or two weeks ago we asked, what if you knew your next step was ordered of the Lord? What if you knew your next step was ordered of the Lord? How does that change things for you? We talked about the confidence and about the peace and the assurance that comes if we knew that our next step was ordered of the Lord. And if you want to know that your next step is ordered of the Lord, make sure your next words are ordered of the Lord. 
Because if you're not speaking in line with God's word, you won't be stepping in line with God's word. And, you know, Dad used to teach this amazing message called Don't Mingle Your Seed. And it came from the Old Testament when God told the children of Israel, do not mingle your seed. Because he didn't want hybrid seed. He wanted pure seed. He knew that if you started mingling your seed, that seed always reverts to the lower form. And so he wanted them to keep their seed that they were sowing, whether they're cotton or whatever they were sowing, he wanted them to not mingle their seed together, but to keep it pure. And Dad would always teach this amazing message about not mingling our words. And when we're charting our course, our life, according to God's word, we don't need to be mingling our seed and saying our kids are going to hell in a handbasket and then going to God and praying to help us with our kids. That's mingling your seed. And I think it was John last week that brought up that classic message. You can find it on uh, YouTube under the classics, I'm sure. Don't separate your saying from your praying. Don't separate your saying from your praying. Your praying is what you're saying to God, but what you're saying to everybody else should match what you're saying to God. You don't have this life and that life. We're living the Christian life. And so I think that's so important that we remember, to, if you want to know your next step is ordered of the Lord, make sure your next words are ordered of the Lord. And quit, I mean, if you're, course of your life looks like this he makes our path straight it may be narrow but it's straight he's not going he's not going to confuse us he's not here to confuse us he's here to direct us his word is here to direct us you can listen to yourself and know where you're headed You can listen to yourself, parents, and know where your children are headed if there's not divine intervention. Look, we, we can't... What, what you're speaking over your children and your grandchildren, because some of us in here are to that stage of life, they believe it. They're supposed to be able to. Because it's supposed to match what God says about them. That they are created in the image of God. His likeness. Not that they're little demons or devils or... I mean, I, I hear people. Go to Walmart. Go to the toy aisle. Just go hang out. you got a whole mission field right there. You don't have to worry about going to Africa you don't have to worry about going to Mexico, although, you know, God send them, send, send them. Um, but you can go to Walmart, and you can, and y'all know me. Sometimes my mouth doesn't stay shut. As I can tell you, there's been a time or two I've taken all I could take. And I'll pull the Wade card on them. I'll, I'll pull it if I have to. I'll say, you don't know what I'd give to have my kid here in this cart. You better be thankful. And I've done it. Rusty knows I've done it. There's just certain times it just gets so far, and then I'm like, mm-mm. 
I'm fixing to call DHS on you. It's fixing to go down. I mean, because why? Why? It's not just a moment in a child's life. Those words, how many of you can remember words that were spoken over you that penetrated your heart? We want those words that penetrate children's hearts, people's hearts, the people sitting next to you, their hearts. We want those penetrating words to be words that chart their course in the direction God wants them to go. Don't, don't, don't call and say things to people that you don't want them to be. Don't say things over yourself that you don't want to be. Well, I'm just fat. Women. We're hard on ourselves. We're hard on our bodies. Stop it. What would happen to our mindset if we actually said what God said about us? Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. Oh, that might help you put down the Snicker bag. In case y'all can't tell, Snickers is a little issue for me. So don't get me any for Valentine's Day. You can listen to yourself and know where you are headed. Your words are out in front of you, charting your course. So let's make sure that the words are in line with God's word. We have to go back to Proverbs 18 because I think John may have gone there as well. So we're just, apparently God's making a point. This, this passage is so powerful. Proverbs 18, verse 20. If you've been here long, you probably know it. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. You know what? Your mouth is producing something. It's not just saying something. Fruit. Fruit is a production. It's produce. Your mouth is producing something. It's not just simply, oh, I just said that. No, you didn't just say that because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth. So if you said it, it's in your heart or it wouldn't have come out. So if we're going to change what's in our heart, we have to, we have to force something different in there. And just, the, the mouth is so key on both ends of this thing. Because we can use the mouth to say what God says to change what we think in our heart. We can choose to, we choose the word of God over what we've been taught uh, by people or what's been said about us by people or what we've said about ourselves. We use the word of God to change that in our heart and we, we say it and we say and we say what God says and we hear and hear and hear what God says until it changes what our previous heart set was until naturally what God said is what comes out. That's a moment. When somebody says something to you and you think, no, mm -mm, that's not what God said. That's a good moment. That's a good moment. Things are fixing to start popping. Things are fixing to start hatching when that happens. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death 
and life are in the power of the tongue. The power. You remember we read James two weeks ago and he talked about the power of the tongue and how a whole ship, it was like a rudder, and a whole ship could be turned by that small rudder, so is the tongue. And he talked about the bit in the horse's mouth and how, how Johnny's horse, Jody, Johnny's, uh, Johnny looks small next to the horse. Johnny weighs less than the horse. The horse is more powerful than Johnny. But Johnny's the man on the horse and he's got a bit in the mouth. And he can control that horse with that bit. Likewise, Johnny can turn his life and chart his course with, the, with his words. And James was teaching that. Proverbs 18 is teaching that. Death and life are in that power of the tongue. And they that love it, or use it, shall eat the fruit thereof. They that love it, you're going to eat the fruit of it. And the Amplified makes it real plain. It says, whether for death or life or good or evil, you're going to eat the fruit of it. Now, the good thing is, he set before us life and death and said, he said, choose life. But every time we open this thing, and we use the power of the tongue. Miss Betty, if we could just think that every time we open our mouth, power is fixing to be released, whether for death or life. We might keep our mouths shut more. I mean, really. John said this last week. When, when we read, they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. He said, love your words. If you love something, you won't abuse it. We abuse our words. We should love what we're saying. We should love for what we're saying to come to pass. If we don't want what we're saying, we need to change what we're saying. Oh, I wrote it in the Amplified in your notes, I think. A man's self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth and with the consequence of his words. Isn't that good? My words have a consequence. With the consequence of his words, he must be satisfied whether good or evil, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. Whew. Let me just read that and go home and think for a while. The power of our words is simply undeniable in Scripture. We're not name it and claim it and grab it and blab it and blab it and grab it. And No, the scripture says these things are important. This is a fact. This is a truth. This is not a theory. This is not a denomination. This is the truth. What I'm saying is charting my course and I don't want to ignore it. I want to use it. I want to intentionally use it. I thought about the words of that we use being like a steering wheel is to a driver. Because we've been placed in this thing called life, and there's a power to it, and let me tell you, it's already rolling. And I don't want that much power rolling uncontrolled. And if you pop that steering wheel off there, and you've got all this rolling, and you've got all this power going, but you don't have any way to direct it 
And that's the way a lot of people are going through life. Something comes from this side, and so it takes them this way. Something comes from this side. we got to have that steering wheel in place to keep us on course. Because your marriage, it's already rolling. Your children, if you've got children already. But you know the wonderful thing about words is these people that aren't married yet can already have the course set for their marriages before that person is in the picture. And that's the best way for this thing to happen. Your children are changing every single day. PJ sent me pictures of the kids the other day, and I'm telling you, I like to lost it. It's like, what are you doing to me? I mean, it's just a couple of years ago, and these little old things were just babies. Every single day, they're, they're changing. What's the plan? Oh, I want to have children. Okay, what, what's the plan? I mean, if you, if you know you're going to have children someday, what's, what's the plan? Why don't we chart this thing out right now? Why don't we have a plan on these children to have God's word out in front that help us make the decision on how we're going to raise this child because we already know the destination, not what we want this child to be, but who we want this child to be. If we know where we want to be, then chart the course to be that. That means I can't call them little hellions. That's not the destination I want. I can't call them lazy. That's not the destination I want. I can't call them trouble coming because that's not the destination I want. I can't call them terrible twos because that's not the destination I want. I can't talk about teenagers negatively because that's not the destination I want. Your marriage... What's the plan? Are you in here right now and you're 13 years old? 14, 15, 16, 17? I want to be married someday. What's the plan? I can tell you what your plan is. What's your words? If you don't have any words on it, you don't have any plan on it. Ministry, health, giving, longevity of life, decisions coming up. What's the plan? What's the words? What's the plan? What's the words? College, career, what's what's the plan? What's the words? You know, we have a book of up-to-date maps. (laughs) Up-to-date charts, up-to-date direction. Words of vision in that scripture that we can be putting into play. We read it last week. I'm going to read it again. I'm sorry, two weeks ago. Psalm 119, 105. Your word, it is a lamp to my feet and it is a light for my path. It will illuminate the direction I'm headed. His word will. I just don't know what we're going to do. Put some word on it and you put some light on it. Put some word on it, put some light on it. I love Isaiah 30, verse 21. The prophet says, Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in this. Whenever you turn to the right hand 
or whenever you turn to the left. And you know what really jumped out at me in that today? Was that word behind. Your ears shall hear a word behind you. That just, that grabbed me today. If you don't already have that word in your history, in your mind, it can't speak from behind you about what's in front of you. I thought, man, all these years, my parents put me on the pew or under the pew. Carried David out to whoop him out back with him hollering all the way down the aisle. Don't whoop me, Mama, or whatever. <laughs> Dylan. We all watched Dylan get hauled out. Hauled out back. Come back a better man. And you know, Lee and Regala could have said, let's just not go to church. It's just too hard with Dylan. And every one of us in here would have gone. He's our youth pastor today. So you haul their little hind ends in here. We have nurseries available. If you don't, and we hear kids. I, I'm hearing a precious one, Caroline. Is that Caroline? No, this is. I hear Evelyn. I'll just talk right over her. But you know what? Right now the word of God is going in that baby. And she'll hear the word behind her saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. I'm telling you, it sure helps to have the chart in hand when you come to a fork in the road. And when you know the destination that God wants you to be in in your marriage, it's sure easy to make a decision when something's put in front of you that you don't need to take. But that decision needs to already be made. That's why we're saying chart the course and chart it right now. Some of you have some life-altering decisions to make this year. I want to encourage you to saturate yourself in His Word and speak His Word into that area of decision and listen for that inner voice that says, this is it, this is the way. He'll help you make those decisions. Your spirit knows truth. Then God said this to me. Sometimes the decision to be made is not what you think it is. Sometimes the decision to be made is really whether you're going to be obedient to what is already plainly charted in his word. So quit trying to think if you're going to stay or leave in your marriage. And I know God makes some for allowances in abuse, okay? Okay. I want to make that plain. Don't stay and get abused. Okay? But if it's, what do they call it? General indignities. Is that what the word they use? You just don't want to be there. 
That's already charted. That's plainly written in the Word, and we just have to be obedient to it. So sometimes we think we have a decision in front of us when really it's just a decision on whether we're going to be obedient to the Word or not. Sometimes what you're going to do in the situation with that relative is already stated in the Word. Sometimes what you're going to do with that money is already stated in the Word. Sometimes if it's plainly already stated in the Word, then the decision is just to be obedient. I hope that hits somebody because... I think it was for somebody. What you've not predetermined and plainly charted is at high risk. If you haven't charted for it, if you're not speaking over it, it's at high risk. If it's not already pre-charted, it's, if you haven't pre-charted for marriage... Those of you who are not married yet, if you haven't pre-charted and predetermined, then your marriage will be at high risk. Married, if you're not charting now and didn't chart early, you better start charting now because it will put your marriage at high risk. Your children, your jobs, any, everything. So let's, let's put our pens to paper this week. Or your fingers to the keyboard, or your voice to the microphone, whatever you do, however you write. And let's let's start charting some things by the word of God so that we have God's end result and not what life throws at you's end result. You know, some people put more time into their fantasy hobbies than they do to the reality of their lives. And I've about had it with fantasies. I'm not against fantasy football. Please, balcony people, don't look at me like that. I can feel you right now. I think fantasy football, that's great. That's fun. You know who I'm talking to. Um, I think that's great. But also, and the families I'm laughing at right now, they put so much effort into family. Beautiful, beautiful parenting. Powerful parenting. But there are a lot of people that live in, in these fantasy hobbies that are not putting any time into charting their course. Don't even get me on virtual reality right now. <laughs> Tomorrow's coming, what's the plan? Tomorrow's coming, what's the plan? Have you sent his word into tomorrow? You know, you can do that. You can send his word into tomorrow to chart the course, to make the way. So when you, you have to make a decision, you know what step to take. When you arrive to that place of decision, you've already charted the course. Brett, I don't think Brett's here today, but Wednesday night during Bible study, we're talking about righteousness. We're reading from Romans five seventeen about ruling in life. And during... Uh, our open time where we discuss what we've been learning. He said, we were talking about reigning in life, and he said, you know, when a king reigns or rules, he does it by decrees, which made me think of Job. And not don't go there, you know, Job, all that stuff, just Job 22, 28 right now. He said, you shall decide, you shall decide, you shall decide what do you want. 
What does God want? You shall decide and decree a thing. And it shall be established for you. And the light will shine upon the way. He just took us right back to Psalm. He said, if you will decide. See, indecision is our enemy. It keeps us nowhere. Nowhere. It keeps us in the land of nowhere. He said, if you will decide and decree, that's wording. If you will decide and decree a thing, it will be established for you. That's ahead of you. It will be established for you, and the light will shine on the step, on the way. So let's do that this week. You know, sometimes just asking the question, where does God want this to go? can answer a lot of questions. It's still January, so I'm still charting. I got some things I, I, need, I need accomplished this year. And so charting is becoming an important word to me. And I believe it's ministering to you as well, especially in our families. Man, let's put God's word on our tomorrow. Amen.